Come on, say it with me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Praise God. Let's give these guys a hand today. Let them know we love them. Thank you, Tori. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Tori. Thank you, worship team. Just feel something in this place today. Oh, thank you, Lord. I want to share something with you today. And after I finish this message today, we're going to have prayer in the front of this building. I'm confident in my heart there are many people in this room that will need this message today. Today could be a day of deliverance for you from that heaviness that often grips the people of the Lord. Look at this scripture beyond the screen here. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6, reads like this out of the New King James. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And then here's what happens as a result of that. Verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a great verse. And I'm going to read it out of the, another translation in a moment here. I failed to say this, and Jason, I don't remember if you said this, but we need to pray for Brother Mark Lawrence. Uh, I've actually tried to go home to see my mother three times, and every time I tell I'm going to go home to see my mom, she needs me there, something happens. And so I'm just going to stop saying that I'm going to go home. I'm just going to kind of sneak out sometime. But anyway, uh, I want to pray for Brother Mark Lawrence. He's in the hospital and had some serious heart situation. And we want to pray for him. That's where Denise is today. And just what a great brother in the Lord. You know, Mark is one of the most loving persons that I've ever met in my life. And so I'm going to wait until after, well, just after Tuesday. He's having a procedure on Tuesday. And then I'm going to try to sneak out and go see my mom. You know, the stories that she's been through some tough stuff, her and my stepdad. Look at this verse out of the NLT. Are you listening? Are you with me? Here it is out of the NLT. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He's done. Tell, uh, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Now this morning, I want to talk about a battle that every single one of us face. Now, I'm not saying that every one of us face this battle at the same intensity, but I'm very confident that every single one of us face the battle that I want to talk about today. And you say, well, why do you think we all face it? Because of the sheer volume of, of scriptures that deal with this, you know, implicitly and explicitly in the Word of God. This is something that we, now I'm not talking about the worldly people out there, lost people. I'm talking to God's people today. Are any of God's people here today in the house? Then I'm talking to you. God is talking to you through his word today. So I want to talk about this battle that we face. The title of the message is this, our warfare with worry. Did you hear that? Our warfare with worry. Father, today I ask that your anointing would rest upon this, your servant, I ask today that your anointing would rest upon this, your precious sheep, which you purchase with your blood. Speak to our hearts today. Give rest. Some of your people this week 
Their minds have just raced, raced, raced. Let them find peace today. Let them find rest today. That heaviness that seems to grip your people, let them shake off those, that heaviness and let a spirit of peace and rest and joy be ours today. I pray today in this service for deliverance from the heaviness. And we pray for a rest that is supernatural. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's talk about this warfare, our warfare with worry. I think there is, uh, it's really pandemic, not just epidemic in our nation today. I think worry and anxiety, stress issues are at an all-time high. I read a little article that back in the 1990s, they did a a very extensive survey, the the National Institute of Mental Health, and they did a six-year, it took them six years to do this. They they studied over 10,000 people, interviewing them, and then they they put all this information from these different 10,000 individuals into a computer, compared it against 13 mental disorders. And you know what they found out? They found out that one, that one in eight persons in the study suffered from anxiety. They found that five of those individuals need, was so serious that they needed professional help. They found that those affected most, forgive me ladies, but those who affect, affected most by anxiety were women. But also they found out that women were more prone to ask for help than men. Well, I could have told them that. Most men are hard-headed anyway. And we know that. Come on. That's not even, you don't have to be smart to know that. But what they also found out that, that the age categories was those under 45 and especially young adults. Do you think that worry, anxiety, stress is a real serious issue in our lives today? It's not something we can get around, but it's something we're going to have to learn to deal with and to overcome. I believe that the prescription medications for anxiety is at an all-time high. And why is that happening? Because people don't know how to handle all the stuff that's coming. We have 10,000 things coming at us. And if we don't know what the Word of God says, and we don't have a relationship with the one who can speak peace to the storm, we're going to be taking a bunch of pills, just trying to find a little calmness in our, in our minds. But the fact is that worry is probably one of the most counterproductive things that anyone can do. I read this little clip, of, uh, little quip about a bird, one, a robin speaking to a sparrow. Here's what, here's what it says. The robin said to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so said the sparrow to the robin. Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father who such as cares for you and for me. How many know we have a heavenly father that cares for us? He doesn't want us to be all stressed out and all worried and on on all kind of medications to try to manage all of that. Come on, there's a better way. Come on, there's a better way in the name of Jesus. Here's what our Lord said in Matthew 6, 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add, can add one cubit to its stature? Well, the fact is, worry and stress, anxiety, and I'll be using this synonymously, those terms, those words, they add nothing to you. But I can tell you what they will do. They will rob you. They will steal the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. Here's what Jesus said. I've come that you may have 
life and life more abundantly. Well, friend, a life all stressed out, all full of, you know, you have ulcers, you're worried, you're, you're all paralyzed by these things. That is not the plan of God. There is someone who wants to give peace to us today. Someone said this, uh, anonymous, but I don't know who wrote this, but I, I jotted it down. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it just doesn't get you anywhere. Come on, isn't that true? Well, you're all, you're doing something, you're not getting anywhere because it doesn't add anything to your life. So how do we deal with it? How do we deal with the warfare of worry? How do we deal with stress? How do we deal with anxiety? Are we simply cursed to be victimized by these things? Do we just kind of grin and bear it and, and bite, our, you know, bite our lip and just press on through? No, no, no. Here's the thing we know. When you were saved, you entered the kingdom of God. Jesus became the Lord of your life. God the Father, the sovereign master that controls all things, became your God. The Holy Spirit became your personal companion. Listen, there's not anything that you will ever face from the moment you're saved to the moment you step into the very presence of God that God has not already given you an answer for. No, you're not a victim. We are not victims of anything. We are the children of God. Then Jesus has conquered death. He's conquered hell. He's conquered the grave. And you can overcome. He's called you and I to be overcomers. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that we make light of difficult issues in people's lives. But don't we have a great God that can help us? We have a God that can solve the problems for us. Look at all the problems that he solved in the Bible. I mean, Red Seas and furnaces and lions and, and, and anti-God governments and everything you can imagine. Sickness, disease. I mean, when Jesus came out of death, he, he defeated, came out of the grave, he defeated the greatest enemy, and that's death itself. He can do it in your life. In fact, he even said this, no trial has taken you, but which is common to man. God is able. Now, you may be all stressed out today. You may have had a bad week and think, man, I know I'm in the right place because I was all stressed out this week. God is able to make a way of escape for us. So how do we deal with it? First of all, we have to understand what it is. You ever notice that if you don't know what a problem is, you're always kind of just going in circles. And the enemy does not want you to have not knowledge. It's very powerful. My people, he said in Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If you don't know what an issue is, if you don't know how to define the issue, you're never going to come to an answer. And the enemy loves that. But today, let's look at this. What is anxiety? Basically, anxiety is just a feeling of dread about some uncertain future. Some kind of, it's like a sense of dread. It usually has, people are mentally agitated. There's a, there's a sense of uneasiness. Have you ever been there? There's just an uneasiness. There's just like this, you know, sometimes it's really strong in people. I think probably some people are more prone to anxieties than maybe other personalities. But it's just a sense of uneasiness. But it's primarily has to do with something I'm uneasy about out in the future. Here's what Isaiah, this is what Isaiah was told. Do not fear, Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, I am with you. Listen to this, do not anxiously look about you. That's, that's a word for you today, Isaiah 41.10, out of the NASB. Do not look about you anxiously. Why? I'm with you. Why are you looking at all this stuff that brings nothing but stress? Get your focus in the right place. I am with you, God says. I'm going to strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you. I mean, look at all the blessing that's in that one verse. And we have 66 books to draw from. 
amazing God. So what causes anxiety? Listen to this. Anxiety is caused by, are you, are you with me? Come on. It's caused by real or imagined threats to our lives. When somebody's anxious or full of worry, they feel threatened by something. What, what could it, it could be rejection, you know that. A lot of people overthink what people think about them. We need to get, get rid of a man-fearing spirit. It, I'm going to stop and go say that again. We need to get rid of a man-fearing spirit. Some, but some people are we're always worried. They're always on eggshells about what, everything, what people think about. It's called the fear of man. Sometimes we get anxiety from people are afraid that they may be harmed some way. Every time their children leave the house, oh, they're, they're stressed out about something. They may be in a wreck. They may be in this. They may be in that. Stress. Some people worry about some kind of disease they may have. Others think that I'm going to run out of money and the enemy brings stress upon their lives. Or some people, it's death. I've met people that are afraid to die. A child of God should not be afraid to die. Fear, death should have no fear over us. But there's, I've met Christians terrified about dying. I'm kind of looking forward to it, really. I'm, I'm heading out of this place one of these days. Come on, I've read the book of a place of no sorrow, no suffering. I'm going to a place with the man with the nail scarred in his hand who died for me. I'm going to a place for perfect peace, perfect joy, where there's no sin, where there's no crime, where people are not hurting each other. God the Father's there. God the Son is there. The Holy Spirit will fill heaven. Why would I not want to go there? Where should not be afraid of death? Why? To be absent from the body. Come on, present with the Lord. So that shouldn't bring fear to us. But look at this. There's, three, there's always three elements to worry. There's, when there's anxiety, when there's worry, when there's stress, there's always these three things that will be there. Insecurity, helplessness, and isolation. There's a sense of insecurity. Something bad's going to happen. You can't pinpoint it, but the enemy will shoot a fiery dart at you. Something bad is going to happen. It's a sense of an expectation, but it's the wrong kind of expectation. It's the expectation of evil, something bad. Then there's helplessness. There's nothing I can do about it. I feel trapped. How many of you heard someone say that? I feel trapped. And then there is isolation. There's no one to help me. I am alone. Okay, think about it. There's a dread. Something bad's going to happen. I feel trapped. There's nothing I can do about it. There's no one that can help me. So, and, and the truth is, whether, whether worry and fear and stress and anxiety, whether it's real or imagined, you still experience the same stress. You hear that? Whether it's real or it's not real, same stress. See, it's a mind game that the enemy plays with the people of God. Now, think about this. In its core... Anxiety is rooted in fear. That's the root of it. Are you got me? You hear me? It's rooted in fear. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power. That's supernatural. That's dunamis. Same word in Acts 1 and 8. Given you power. I've given you love. That's not eros love or phileo. That's agape. So I've given you power, dunamis, supernatural power. I've given you love, agape love. God's unconditional, unfailing love. And I've given you a sound mind. That means this. 
That means if you're in the battle, if your mind's not sound, you're panicking. You're panicking. What's going to happen? No, a sound mind is I'm in the battle. I'm focused. I'm calm. I'm following the Lord. I'm not allowing all these things to pull my emotions here and there. And, and by the way, the root word of worry means to pull in different to to just pull in different directions. You're pulled in different directions. You're looking about anxiously. See, God says, I've not given you that spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit is the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of sound mind. Now get this verse, 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love does what? Cast out fear. Say, well, I overcome fear by faith. Well, no, no, you overcome fear by love. Faith is good too. We need some faith. Yeah, we need that mixed in there. But you overcome fear, not by faith, but by love. By love. You say, what kind of love? My love for God? Oh, no, not your love for God. I mean, I, I need to love God more all the time. It's his love for me. Come on, boundless love. Glorious love. Love that died on the cross for us. Now, I prayed a prayer over here with our worship team before our service, as our service began. We always gathered for a little circle of prayer. You know what I prayed? I said, God, fill us with your love. And then I quoted this verse, Romans 5 and 5. The love of God is poured out in our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit. God's love poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. How do I deal with love? Or how do I deal with fear? How do I deal with anxiety? How do I deal with worry? How do I deal with all these stresses, all these distractions? If we, get, if we could just get full of the Spirit of God, and if we could hear the audible voice of the Holy Spirit, if you could hear him, now I've never heard his audible voice. If he wants me to hear it, I'd love to hear it, but I don't need to. I don't need to. I don't need to see him. I'd love to see him, but I don't need to. I don't have to, because I have a book that's perfect. I, have, I can see him, but I can't see him with my eyes. But I have some gospel lenses. I have a word. Of, and when I look in this book, I see God. And I believe this is the word of God. Now, I will see him one day. We shall see him, and we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Glory to God. But if you could hear the audible voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, think about it. The love of God is poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So if you could tune out the worry voices, stress voices, worry voices, fear voices, if you could tune all that out, and if you could just tune in, and if you could really hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you know what you hear? He'd say, I love you. I love you. Oh, but I failed you this week, Lord. Oh, but I still love you. But, you, but Lord, if you knew everything I did, what do you think? You didn't know what you did? What, do you think you're going to sneak up on him? Do you think you're going to tell him something? That the all-wise God that's omniscient, that knows everything that you have done or will do or all doing. No, God's love is not like man's love. Man's love is predicated on performance. God's love is simply flows out of his unchanging being. God is love. That's his nature. That's his being. And if you're ever going to deal with worry, anxiety, rooted in fear, you have to discover the mercies of God, the love of God. You'll never be able to explain it because what you'll try to do, you'll wonder why God loves certain people that you wouldn't forgive or you wouldn't love. Come on, aren't you glad you and I are not God? I'm glad I'm not God because there's some folks I wouldn't put mercy on, but he's God. He's different than we are. His mercy is different. 
if you're ever going to walk in the peace of God, and we'll talk about that. I'm going to give you some questions here in a moment. You have to discover God's mercy in your life and God's love. I love you. See, and some of you, I'm, I, I can tell right now that I'm looking at your faces, and some of you, I, I'm, I'm going to have to sit here about 30 minutes and convince you, well, if you knew the person I was, if you knew what I did, or if you knew what I thought. But listen, are you, are you hearing me? Come on. God says by the Holy Spirit, I love you. I died for you. Jesus died for you. And that his love, what does it do? It casts out fear. When you know that kind of God, you're, you're safe. You're secure. You're, you're good. Look at this. Let's, let's move along. How do, we overcome, how do we overcome these things? Well, Proverbs says this, the fear of man brings a snare. But look at this. Whoever trusts in the Lord, whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Pastor, how do I overcome these anxiety, fear, worry, all, I'm just using those. I know they're different nuances, but think about this. And when I tell you this, it sounds, it's, it's simple, but it's yet profound. The answer is trust in God. You hear me? The answer, you have to learn to trust in God. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians 6.16. Above all, taking the shield of faith that you can quench the fiery darts of the evil one. Here's the thing. When a person is saved, they come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's able to deal with all of these things. But it's only in that personal abiding relationship in Jesus Christ. Our brother Jimmy talked about how he grew up in church. But, Jimmy, you need to abide in Christ. As you move forward over the next few years, you're going to get closer and closer to Jesus. And as we draw near to him, grace is given. It's like a river. The closer we are to him, we draw near to him in his word, draw near to him in prayer, draw near to him with the people of God, and we get more grace and more grace and more grace. Now, all the world can deal with is symptoms. You can pay someone a lot of money, and you can go lay down on their couch, and all they're going to do is say, well, yeah, you got a problem. I'm stressed out. Yeah, you look stressed out. I'm full of fear. Yeah, I can feel. Yeah, that's right. Take this pill or take this or take that. The world doesn't have the answer. The world is good at spotting problems. Now, there may be experts in these fields that are experts. They've, they've got doctorate degrees, and they're able to dissect what you have. But I don't need to know that I have a problem. I already know that. Come on. You guys can look at you. You got problems too. Don't just leave me up here by myself. I don't need, listen, I don't need a PhD to know that the world is stressed out and marriages are stressed out and kids are on drugs and, and, and all kind of stuff is going on. I need an answer. Come on, I need an answer. Well, today I have an answer for you. It's found in the Word of God. Jesus loves us. He didn't leave us victimized. By all of these things, Jesus Christ has given us an answer. So I want you to think about this. Now think about this. As a child of God, really the symptoms, the symptoms of that I spoke to you about insecurity, helplessness, feeling alone. How, how, what is that? Now think about this. Think about this. You today are here and you may feel insecure. And that's where a lot of stress is. We feel insecure in our finance or our marriage or our future, whatever. You feel insecure. But what's the reality? The reality is, if you're a child of God, 
You're not. It's a lie. Satan is feeding you a lie. Well, I feel insecure. Well, I feel a lot of things. I can eat a good meal and feel tired. Doesn't mean anything. Feelings don't mean anything. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of not things. Romans 6 talks about reckon yourself. So that, let me, I don't mean to go there. Romans 6 uses the word reckon, and it's an accounting term. And what it means is this. You reckon yourself dead to sin. You reckon what Christ has done is reality. You reckon, reckon, reckon. In other words, you count as fact is what it means. And it's an accounting term. You know, you go to your checkbook and you look at what you've spent and look what's outstanding. And then you, you calculate it all and you look at the total and you reckon that's what you have to spend. Now, don't be spending more than that. You can't reckon on more than that because that's the reality. Some of you go, I don't like the reality of my bank account. But it's the way it is. Can I tell you the way it is in the life of the child of God? It's not, you, you may feel like you have $10,000 in the hole. That's not the reality. You may feel insecure. That's not the reality. The reality is, are there any children of God in here? Okay, you are safe. You are secure. That is the reality. Whatever you feel, it doesn't matter. It's what God's word says. Look at Psalm 121. Let me just give you a little word here. Come on, let me pump you up here. Can I do this? Look at this. I will lift up my eyes to the hills which come my help. My help comes to the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Not sleeping. Don't Listen, don't, don't stay up at night. God's up. He's watching over you. Look at this. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither sleep, slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Everybody say that. All evil, he shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I claim it. Come on, I claim it. I'm going out, I'm saved. I'm coming in, I'm saved. I'm going to L.A. soon. That's lower Alabama. That's where Mama lives. Hey, come on, amen. <laughs> so that's L.A. So I'm heading to Alabama to see Mama, and guess what? I'm going to be safe going, and I'm coming back. I'm going to be safe coming back. Why? Going out safe, coming in safe. Well, I feel insecure. Well, your feelings are wrong. The Word of God is right. Trust God's Word. You're not smarter than God. God's not a liar. Uh-oh. He's not a liar. You're safe. Kids are safe. Everything's safe. Boy, if we could open our eyes, we'd see angels all around us, all around our house. We're driving to work down 635. You feel unsafe? You're safe. You don't feel safe. A lot of us don't feel safe out there. <laughs> I'm safe. Come on. Now think about this. You may feel helpless. You may be facing stuff. You feel helpless. Well, what's the reality? What's the reality? You're not helpless. Look at me. You have the greatest help in the entire universe. If God is for us, who can be against us? Is, is, is worry greater than God? Is insecurity greater than God? Or is lack greater than God? Is disease greater than God? Are, are, are difficult people greater than God? No. Greater is He. God's the greater one. You're not helpless. You've got God 
on your side. I got to read this too. Psalm 27, 5. You'll like this. Psalm 27, verse 5. Look at this. For in the time of trouble. So I feel helpless. I'm in trouble. In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his provision, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high on a rock. Come on. Now listen, you may feel insecure. What's the reality? I'm secure. You may feel helpless. What's the reality? I got all the help I'll ever need. He's my helper. Oh, I feel all isolated. But what's the reality? You're never alone. I feel, well, you feel a lot of things. God is with you. You're never out of his presence. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am with you. I will, Hebrews 13, verse 5, I'll never leave you. I will never, never. It's a double negative in the Greek. I'll never, never leave you. That's what God said. He's always with us. So what's the remedy? Sounds simple, but it's actually profound. Complete trust in God's ability to handle what I'm going through. He can handle it. He's an expert. He's done it for a while. Come on. He can handle it. And you can trust him. And here's what I tell you. The more that you know him, the more you can trust him. Psalm 9 and 10. Psalm 9 and 10. They that know thy name shall put their trust in thee. His name means his character. Oh, the more I get to know the Lord, the more I think, oh, how great is he? So wonderful, perfect. Trust him. He can handle it. Think about what you're going through right now. God would not have given me this message unless we would need it. Think about what you're getting. It may be marriage. It may be money. It may be morals. It may be whatever. He can handle it. If you'll just trust him. Now, you try to fix it yourself, that's where the stress comes. That's where the worry comes. And that's where, where you, 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 you get in detours like Abraham did. No, no, no. Trust him. Trust him and watch him work. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to take a few moments. I want to ask you seven questions. I want you to think about these seven questions today. You that are dealing with stress, you're dealing with anxiety, you're all stressed out, you're all full of worry. I want to ask you seven questions. Number one, are you reading the Word of God? Think about it. I'm all stressed out. Okay. Are you reading the Word of God? See, victory can come as we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God. Listen to this verse. This is 2 Peter 1 and 2. 2 Peter 1 and 2. Here it is. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace and peace. Don't you want grace and peace? You want grace and peace? Here's how you get it. In you, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Jesus, our Lord. You want more peace? More word. More peace? More word. When I get the knowledge of God, it brings peace in my life. Meditating on the scriptures is one of the most powerful antidotes to worry. You know what an antidote is? Antidote is what counteracts poison. Worry? Poison. Stress? Poison. Fear, double poison. And all of a sudden, some wicked reptile. I never thought, you know, you see those on TV, those documentaries, those weird people handling snakes up in Kentucky or something or in Tennessee. I'm thinking, 
Who would ever do that? That is just crazy. But anyway, I'm going to... A snake, whatever, I don't know, snake venom starts going in, starts going through the body, starts destroying muscle. What do they do? They go find the the antidote, the anti-venom. And the anti-venom, what it does, it, it, it counteracts that. You know what the Word of God, you may be full of fear, full of worry, full of anxiety, but all of a sudden you get in the Word of God. You start meditating on the Word of God. Psalm 1 and 2 and 3 talks about uh, he, the, the, the man, the blessed man, meditates on the Word of God. Where does it take him? He's rooted by the, by the rivers of water, rivers of Holy Spirit, rivers of joy, rivers of grace. The Word of God. Are you reading the Word of God? Here's what the Word of God. He keeps those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on thee. You may be stressed out, but are you reading the Word of God? Here's the second question. Are you thinking realistically? See, a lot of our worry and stress comes from what I would call unrealistic thinking. Now, I'm just going to... Now, just, just listen in here. Are you with me? Come on. Your peace does not depend on every problem being solved. It doesn't depend on every wrong being righted. It doesn't depend on every imperfection being removed. And it doesn't, it's not predicated on getting everything that I want. It's just not. That is absolutely unrealistic because the truth is, there's some things that will never change. I'm just telling you. You say, oh, I don't want to hear that. There's some things that are not going to change until we get to heaven. So are you going to be stressed out all the way? No, no, no. That's not the way it should be. Some things God will change in his own time. But there's some things that you're going to have to walk through. Paul didn't say, I can uh, uh, greater, or what's the, uh, Romans 8.37. Now listen to this. In, in, everybody say in. In all these things. In all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Now listen to this. Some people think, oh, one day I'm going to be happy. One day I'm going to be at peace. When I, no, no. Right now, right now, in the middle of the problem, in the middle of the furnace, Jesus is there. Receive the peace of God. Stop letting the devil torment you. Makes me mad at that old devil. I'm going to just kick him. What old Billy Sunday, what did Billy Sunday say? He said, if I got old and lost all my teeth, I'd still bite the devil to, to defeat him. I think it was him. But anyway, that devil is a devil, isn't he? Just a devil. He's an adversary. In all these things. One man said this, the art of being wise is the art of knowing what to overlook. You know, the truth is, there's, we all have limitations. There's things I'll never be able to do. I need to accept that. I can have peace with that. There's things that I can't change. There's things I can't change. There's things you can't change about your life. But I know this, in the middle of it all, you can have peace. You can rejoice and enjoy your Christian life and walk with God. What do we do, Pastor? Here's what we do. We have to learn to truly just to let go, our prob- let go of our problems and let God change them in his time. Cast all of your cares upon him. Why? Wow, he cares for you. Put him in his hands. Put him in his hands. Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 
Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Literally make your paths smooth. We need to learn to let go and allow the Lord to change those things if he desires to do so in his own timing. Number three question is this. Are you able to adapt to changing circumstances? Change is an inevitable part of life. Paul said this. Listen to this. I'm going to stay long on this. But when things change in your life, you can't get into panic mode. Things are going to change. Paul said, in whatever state, he didn't mean Texas either. In whatever state I am, I've learned to be content. Whatever state. Paul had abounding states and abasing states. Paul abounded. At times, he had abounding situations. And sometimes, he had abasing situations. Sometimes, there was overwhelming blessing. Other times, there was persecution. But he said this, in whatever state. In whatever state. What state are you in? What season are you in in your life, in your walk with the Lord right now? Okay, Are you able to adapt to those changing circumstances? I'm going to tell you, things are going to change. If you don't bend, you'll break. You need to learn to adapt. You need, there's th- now listen, not me t- there's things that never change. The Word of God never changes. There's things that you've got to take a stand on and be unbending. But there are many things in life change. You've got, to be, you've got to be pliable in the hands of God. God's going to bring you into different circumstances and different seasons. And many of those seasons are very stressful. Paul said, I've learned in whatever state. Okay, Here's a fifth question, and that's this. What is your focus? What is your focus? Here's uh, one person said this. A worried person sees a problem. But a concerned person solves a problem. You hear that? A worried person sees a problem, but a concerned person solves a problem. You know there's two different kinds of concerns in the Bible? And our problem is this. We're focused on the things that we shouldn't be concerned about, and we're not focused on things we should be concerned about. You know, the Bible says that we need to have care for one another. That's a good kind of care. One of the prophets says, I have the burden of the word of the Lord. That's carrying the ministry, having a burden for the word of God. We need to be burdened and and caring for one another. But there's other burdens. Uh, In the parable of the sowers, he talked about the deceitfulness of riches, the cares and the worries of life that choke us out. And even in the text we read, don't worry about anything. Those are the bad types of words. Casting all your cares, that's a bad kind of care. So there's a good kind of care and a bad kind of care. What happens is we're, we get in the, wrong, in the wrong lane, so to speak. One man said, when the mind is distracted by many pursuits, it, it derives a little benefit from any of them. You hear that? When the mind is distracted by many pursuits, it derives but little benefit from any of them. There's one thing that's really necessary. And it, the Mary Martha. Mary was just sitting at the feet of Jesus just meditating, just spending time with Jesus. But Martha was in the kitchen, distracted by many things, cumbered by many things. And Jesus, she came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my sister's there, and I need her to come help me. And she's all kind of caustic and sharp. How could you be sharp with Jesus? Now, come on. And Jesus taught her, said, Martha, you're worried about a lot of stuff. Mary's chose something else. Mary's chose not to worry. Well, I just want to choose not to worry. I want to have Mary's heart. I just choose not to worry. Come on, right? We just have to make a choice. Mary has chosen the better part, right? 
Mary's chosen to be at my feet. And she's at peace. Martha need to learn that. Maybe you have a Martha spirit, a worried spirit. You need to get at Jesus' feet. He loves you. Amen. Here's the, uh, I'm sorry, that was the fourth. Here's the fifth question. That was the fourth. Here's the fifth one. Are you living one day at a time? Are you living one day at a time? The proper use of today will diminish anxiety tomorrow. If you're doing what's right today, you'll, you'll diminish anxiety about tomorrow. Most people live in two worlds. Many of the people that I met live in two worlds. They live in yesterday and tomorrow. They don't live today. They're always worried about regret or fear. They live in two places, but they don't live in today. They don't enjoy the moment. See, what I've noticed is this. The enemy does not want us to enjoy, just enjoy like our family. Many people are with their family and like on a vacation, but they're worried about something else. Their mind is somewhere else, and they're not, they don't get to enjoy the moment. Why? They're either in yesterday or tomorrow. They're either in regret about something that didn't happen or regret, or they're in tomorrow. What, oh, what will happen? But the Lord said, I want you to live in today. Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its worries and sorrows. It only empties today of its strengths. Worry is the interest paid on trouble that's not even due yet. Here's what Winston Churchill said. Toward his death, he said this, I have had a lot of trouble in my life, most of which never happened. That's what worry will do for you. Number six, quickly, almost done. Number six, are you busy and active in serving the Lord? Anxiety and idleness go hand in hand. Anxiety, worry, go hand in hand. The enemy loves for God's people to sit around and worry about potential problems. Proverbs says this, the lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. There's a fierce lion in the streets. He's not going out. The lazy man's not going out. He's making excuses. Blessed is the person who is too busy to worry in the daytime and too sleepy to worry at night. Amen to that. We need to learn to live in victory. We need to learn to quit concentrating on those things that we can't do anything about and stay in the moment. Here's the last one. Number seven, are you a contented person? Are you a contented person? This is a lesson that Paul said, I have learned. This is a lesson we can learn. Maybe you're not a contented person. But you can learn this lesson. Paul said, I have learned that in whatever state I am in, that I've learned to what? Be contented. Thomas Watson, a Puritan writer, uh, has a book about contentment. Wrote like in the 1400s or something, 1600s. Contented. The blessedness of contentment. How do I, how do I become contented? One of the ways is in the text of Scripture I read. Now, follow me. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and prayer and thanksgiving. Prayer and, everybody say it, thanksgiving. One of the ways to have a contented heart is to start thanking God for His blessings. Even in this process we've been in in our congregation, I look at how God, in every moment, God has supplied. In everything, God has supplied the person that we needed, the expert that we needed, the finance that we needed, and I say, thank you, Jesus. 
Now, we could say, oh, this is taking so long, this is taking longer than I wanted to, and we can get in that mode. Why don't we thank God that where we are today is because God has blessed us. It will bring contentment to your heart. Just think about the blessing. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Something, something, see what God has done. I don't know. Even part of that song was good enough. Count your blessing. Think about how much God has blessed you in your life. In fact, discontentment, a discontented attitude is actually very dangerous because that discontentment leads you away from God. It leads you away from his will. You know, you see someone that has more athletic ability or has more money, a bigger house, a better car, and that spirit gets in a person. And Timothy says in his writing, Paul said in Timothy, they pierce himself through with many sorrows. Why? They're just not content. The Bible says that we need to be content because the Lord's our helper. You need to be content with where you are. Contented. Amen. So as we close, I'm going to ask our worshipers to come. Tori, would you come? We have, for anxiety and worry, we have two incredible weapons, and that's peace. Peace that comes through prayer and confidence that comes from trusting God, comes from trusting the Lord and our great shepherd.